0: and we're going to read this whole psalm there's only six verses but uh, hopefully we can uh, um, amble through that as it were Uh, so psalm 1 verse 1 blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked or stand in the way of sinners nor sit in the seat of the mockers but his delight is in the Lord of the Lord and on his law does he meditate day and night and he is like a tree planted by the streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither, and whatsoever he does does shall prosper. Not so the wicked. They are like the chaff which the wind blows away. therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous. But the way of the wicked will perish. Don't think me rude or rude of me. But I'd like to ask you a couple of personal questions today. Uh, A couple of personal questions. First one. What is it that you want? What do you want? What do you really want in life? If you think about that. What do you really want in life? And secondly, why do you want it? Why do you want what you want? Um, we normally want what we want because we think that it's going to make us happy. Yeah? Um, because we believe that if we have what we really want, somehow, some way, that will lead us down a pathway to happiness. And so... Maybe that's why we want what we want. Unless your first answer was, I want to be happy. <laughs> uh, so so can, you can cancel that one out. But, um, but normally, we, we want things in life or, or be, be, because we want to be happy. And that's a universal, funny enough, a universal uh, condition of mankind. Uh, it has been since the, the world was created and it is today. People want to be happy. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, it's inbuilt within us. And we just want to be happy but sometimes you think if only i was not in this situation then that would make me happy if it wasn't quite like this for me in my life i'd be happy if only i were free from these circumstances then i'd, I'd be happy others think if only i was in that situation if only they were my circumstances Maybe then I'd be happy. But there's nothing new under the sun. Everybody wants to be happy. Someone has called this psalm God's prescription for happiness. God's prescription for happiness. Now we have uh, all kinds of uh, ways of looking for happiness and all kinds of situations some bad and some good that people get into uh, these days we don't look in an encyclopedia but I, I googled the other day um, how can I be happy and it was very poor response <laughs> um, uh, but, but it all depended on you really and, and, and your state of mind and da, 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 da. Um, but it was quite poor compared to what we've got in front of us God's prescription for happiness it's a, it's a simple and direct plan for happiness. All other teaching is just man's teaching. Here we have almighty God's teaching, God's direction for happiness. And as I say, it, it's quite simple. Even children can understand it. Um, there's things that we should be doing and things that we, we ought not to be doing. Um, but the, the first thing that... <laughs> That was really noticeable was that we can actually be happy in in our world we look around our world and and there's so much that we could get down about and unhappy about and and, and maybe the situations that we're in in our life and and the things around us that that we think um, can, can i ever be happy um, You look at the way things are going and we still haven't sorted wars out and conflicts and all these things that go on in the world. But there is a possibility to be happy. And the wonderful thing is, this guy who's writing this psalm has found it. He's found the secret. He's found happiness. And so what has he found? And it starts with, blessed. Blessed is the man. And some translations do translate it, happy. Happy. and, uh, and, and the, the literal translation is, Oh, the blessednesses of the man. <laughs> oh, the multiple blessednesses of the man. Uh, the fullness of blessing. The, the absolute soaking of blessing to the person, to the one uh, who does these things. Oh, the blessedness. Oh, the happiness. The favor of Almighty God to this person. Blessed is the one who seeks happiness? No. (laughs) Uh, Blessed is the one uh, who seeks uh, happiness as as a thing in itself? No. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, and they shall be filled. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Happiness is a, a byproduct, of, if you like, of, of seeking righteousness. And so we're told here that we, uh, we should be doing something seeking righteousness. Uh, we don't live for happiness. No one's ever found happiness by living for happiness. So it's a byproduct of something. Uh, it's a byproduct of re, uh, seeking righteousness. There are certain things we are to do. There are certain things we are to avoid and certain things we must do in order that we might know this blessedness, this happiness. And so we start off, blessed is the man that walketh not, walks not, sorry, I go back to the King James, sorry, that's where I learned it. Um, but but uh, blessed is the man that walks not, or the person that walks not, in the counsel of the ungodly. And so first thing that we shouldn't be doing as uh, Christians, if we want to uh, obtain this happiness, if we want to be blessed in life, is that we don't want to be walking in the counsel of the ungodly. Stop listening to the world. Stop listening to the world's ideas of of how we might find fulfillment, satisfaction, contentment and happiness. Um, We we must look somewhere else. Uh, We don't look to the counsel of the ungodly. We stop listening to the godless people in this world. And I wonder who influences you. I was shocked to find out that these days... Uh, where it used to be church well that was a long time ago but parents, church, school, teachers uh, the, the top two influences of, of uh, young people today are the uh, social media and friends and so they're the two top, top two uh, influences of young people but and then there are actually people called influencers for an old duffer like me I mean I, I, I think the influencers, and so there are the TikTok influencers, that are um, internet influencers, and so these people make hundreds and thousands of millions of, of pounds being influencers. But I wonder who influences you? Uh, what's your influence? What is it that that, that really makes up the you that you? Uh, who do you listen to? Well, look, the Bible tells us that we, we we need to stop listening to the counsel of the ungodly. Stop. <laughs> It's not so much about uh, um, you know, getting advice into which uh, washing up liquid that you buy. Uh, that's fine, you know, but, but when it comes to life issues, uh, when it comes to relationships and family and, um, and, and uh, all things like that, that, that we need to, to take our ears away from them people that, that are godless, that are wicked, as the Bible calls them. And so, but to avoid also standing in the way of sinners, that that means is, is standing with them. So we listen to the advice, we stand with them, and then it goes on again, and it says that they uh, the seat of the talk mentions the seat of the scornful, um, uh, standing in the way of sinners, or sitting in the seat of mockers rather. Um, that we don't sit in the seat of mockers. We don't. There's there's, a, there's like a progression. The, the commentators say that there's a, there's a progression in sin, if you like. the steps down. First, that we walk with these folks, then we stop. We're with them, and then. We sit and we're there with them and we we become like them. Uh, We become scoffers, mockers, there's nothing sacred. Uh, And so it's almost like a a tightening grip of sin on a person. And so as they go down these steps, down this way, there's a tightening grip. And so they end up with these folks and they uh, they mock everything that's holy. You don't go to that church. You don't don't go to church on a Sunday. You don't read that old dusty book, do you? No. We've proved science has proved that long wrong time, time ago. But of course we know that it hasn't, it just backs it up. Um, uh, So there's a progression. And I think that what happens is once you see these folks, they become utterly miserable, don't they? they Oh, you know, there's nothing good, there's nothing Right, everything's wrong. You know these scoffers were. Oh, uh, religion is no good. You know, and, and it gets to the point where it's. What was, it, uh, was it a bit of Shakespeare? I told you it was cultured. What um, <laughs> so did he say? Uh, life is to- Life is an. Life is a tale told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. Uh, and so that's a, a the, the way down. You know, there's nothing, nothing worth living for. You know, it's awful. Yeah, and so the progression is. But, but so there are, there are things that we ought not to do. But there's things that we should be doing then in the next verse. What should we be doing? What should we be doing? It goes on to say, Blessed is a man that does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. He stands not in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. So there's something we should be doing. So what is it to delight? The dictionary de- uh, defines it as a high degree of gratification uh, or pleasure or joy, extreme satisfaction. That's to delight. Uh, the scoff is mock. The righteous delight in the word of God is found something. It's a secret of life, the secret of blessings, the secret of happiness. And so the psalmist is delighting in the Lord of the Lord. And, uh, and so, listen to the way he describes the law of the Lord in Psalm 19. Just a few pages over. I'll read them to you. 7 to 11. Uh, listen to what he's found. This is, this is a psalmist. He's excited. He's delighted. And this is why he's meditating in the law of the Lord uh, day and night. The Lord of the Lord is perfect. Reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. Making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right. Giving joy to the heart. The commandments are the Lord, of the Lord are radiant. Giving light to the eyes. What's life all about? What, what, what are, God's word gives us light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure. Enduring forever. The ordinance of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey and the honeycomb. By them is your servant warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. And so he's found that great reward, David, the psalmist, has found that great reward in the word of God. He's found what he's been looking for, the secrets of life, and that's what it is, and that's why he delights in it. And he you know, only had the first five books of the Bible. We barely had the first five books of the Bible. <laughs> the books of Moses. What, about, what, would he, what would he be saying from this pulpit today if he was here? <laughs> about the whole canon that we've got. The whole written word of God that we've got. Um, we've got much to be thankful for, haven't we? Uh, there was David. Or, or, um, the Psalmist first five books of the Bible. The law spoke to him of God. His God. And he had that relationship with God. Uh, and so the word speaks to us of Christ, doesn't it? Speaks to us of Christ. Christ, the fulfillment of the law. The law speaks of Christ. The Messiah, the Savior. He made the way of salvation for sinners. Cursed, damned, lost, hopeless, hellbound sinners. Like us. How did he do that? How did he do that? He gave himself. He sacrificed himself. And it's all within these pages. This, this, these, these pages tell me there's wonderful, astonishing wonders that we've got. Uh, I've told of these things. So so no wonder we're told to delight in God's word. And, when it, and, and it encourages us to delight, and we should delight in God's word. And, and there's something wrong if the, that we see, see we've seen our, our path that we are going to a lost eternity, and now Christ has made us righteous by His own precious blood, and that was the cost uh, that he, he lived a perfect life and He died a horrible death that I might go to an eternity of bliss in a world of love. Uh, It is a delight, isn't it? But the problem is, for some of us, that that we will never delight till we do see its all-surpassing worth. And we'll only see that as we see ourselves as as where we are. Um, And so do you see that all-surpassing worth? We will delight when we fall in love with Jesus because he first loved us. And have the joys of our sins forgiven and the blessedness, the blessedness and the happiness that comes from that. We used to sing a song, didn't we? Or teach it to the kids in Sunday school. i picked all old hymns today, apparently. So we didn't know one of the hymns, it was that old. Um, so. Uh, <laughs> I, think, uh, I don't know who wrote it, but I, rem- I remember uh, that very, very simple, and I'm a simple fella, but we used to see, sing a simple chorus. So don't know. Some of us are old ones, I know it. But I think it's worth teaching the kids these truths. Anyway, happiness is to know the Saviour, living a life within his favour, having a change in my behaviour. Happiness is the Lord. Happiness is a new creation, Jesus and me in close relation. Having a part in his salvation, happiness is the Lord. Real joy is mine, no matter if the teardrops start. I've found the secret. It's Jesus in my heart. Yeah, we'll have to sing it one day. Um, uh, but but, but, but that, that's it, isn't it? Uh, We've we found this happiness. We've found this joy. We know our sins forgiven. And that, me- that causes us to delight in the word of God. And so he's, he meditates then. He goes on to say he meditates on the word day and night we will never med- meditate day and night until we see the need. This is our daily bread. Uh, we need, we need God's word. We need to, to sh- keep short accounts with God. Um, but sadly, some are spiritually malnourished. And uh, I fear, and this is probably why I'm telling us, why I, why I brought this today, is that, that some of us are, are disasters really waiting to happen. Um, really are. You know, we wonder how scandal can be in the church. Uh, how, how did that go so wrong how did that person fall away how, how did that happen and, and and very often you'll find that they weren't uh, always that, that close to the lord um you know they weren't they weren't in god's word they weren't delighting in god's word they weren't meditating on god's word day and night they found that advice from the the ungodly they walked in the way of sinners and said they see they sit down in the seat of the scorners um and so Sometimes some of us are, really are uh, disasters waiting to happen. And, and um, why, why is this? Why do I think like this? Well, um, we're told in Ephesians 6 and verses um, 12, it advises us there, it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Yeah, we're encouraged to put on the whole armor of God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, But we wrestle against principalities and against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's our foe. That's the one we fight. And so we're encouraged to put on the whole armor of God and it says at the end, as it finishes, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which is the word of God. And so I'm afraid some of us, (laughs) <laughs> not that I'm, I'm, I'm purporting to be anything but, but we I, I, and I'm included that, that I wish I knew the Bible more, I wish I knew how to use that sword of the spirit better uh, and I was more equipped to do that uh, but we need to be those folks that do because we've got a terrible foe yeah. to fight and so we need to be good swordsmen as it were um, and uh, and fight against those uh, that enemy that we have, such a, such an, an awesome enemy. Now, now, I know you might say, "Oh well, you know, what about the grace of God?" But we need to use the means of grace, don't we? Uh, you know, we've got means of grace to use. But I pray that it's not you that uh, that, that is a disaster waiting to happen. And then we move on to verse three, and uh, there's a promise of blessing there, isn't there? In verse three, uh, it says. Uh, verse 3 and he shall be like a tree planted by the streams of water which yields its fruit in its season whose leaf does not wither and whatsoever he does shall prosper ch Bergen says let me ask you did you delight in the law of god do you study god's word do you make it the man of your right hand your best companion, your holy guide? If not, this blessing belongeth not to you. So there's a blessing to be had. We shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth its fruit in its season and its leaf shall not wither and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. If we delight ourselves in the law of the Lord and we are meditating in that law day and night, the promises, but thank God, the promise is there for us if we do those things. But it's not there for you if you're not doing those things. If you, I, was, I was trying to explain this to our Ben the other day, and I, and I said, "Mate, if, if you want to go down to the park, you've got to put your shoes and socks on to go. It's just that simple. <laughs> and so, so, um, so we, 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 we've got to be um, meditating on God's word. We've got to be delighting in God's word in order to obtain the promise. And that, what a promise, what a promise. But if we're shunning and delighting and meditating, we should be like a tree. I was, um, I was walking around in the last storm, that big storm we had. And uh, there was, we went around Bitson Hill, uh, near where we live, and there was loads of trees all blown down and all, all the roots were up in the air. Um, but I noticed that the, the big, massive trees, but the, the ones that had blown over and knocked others over along the way, The roots were all really really shallow and then I went we went around Birkenhead Park and looked at the trees that were knocked down in Birkenhead Park and there was very very few well there was none by the lake and then there was one or two on the outer edges of the park Um, but they were nowhere near the water (laughs) but here's a promise that we'll be like solid trees planted by the streams of water we'll be solid And the leaf does not wither. And we're planted. uh, um, And as we go through the storms of life, our roots grow deeper. And we're planted, not wild trees, but purposely and perfectly and precisely planted in that place. We are in situations, we're in the, the, the situations that we're in, the circumstances that we're in, because God has placed us there. And so we are there for a reason. And we're going through what we're going through for reasons. And, uh, and so God doesn't make mistakes. These situations um, cultivate the best fruit for His glory and for our good. And I was thinking about that word season. Um, they shall bring forth fruit in their season. We always think that it's somewhere far away, don't we? Some, uh, the, the, that will happen in the future. I was thinking, that I know some people now that, well, quite a few people that, that um, uh, have been taken, as it were, in the prime christians that that uh, were um have gone before a ripe old age as it were um and and i thought when was their season you know um, i've known people from 18 to, to 60 that have gone um, when was their season their season was then wasn't it so our season must be now and so this is our season that we bring forth fruit and so it's today that we need to be displaying these fruits it's now is our season. Yes, there will be fruit in the in the future, but now is our season, and the leaf does not wither. I um I went round there. Uh, um, I, I seen an advert for a tour around Flabrick Cemetery on Friday, and uh, and so so what? I thought, wow, C- I like Flaybrook Cemetery. Uh, quite, it's go for a bit for a bit of peace um sometimes <laughs> Shh, don't tell them where i go um but 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 i go there for a bit of peace sometimes and and so but but um but i went for the, so so it, there's a uh, um an advert for a tour and it's 90 minutes tour around Flaybrook cemetery and there was uh it's 2 pound per person i thought wow that's a bargain i'll go there Saturday morning and so I went round my my um my children and uh i said We've got, there's a, t- a, a, a tour around Flabrick Cemetery. Uh, Do you fancy coming with me? And, and they all said no. Now, now forgive me. I, I, I'm thinking, what? why? And I thought, I said to, to Ben, he's 11. I said, um, the, the, the big one said, no, 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 no. Um, we don't, okay, Dad. But then Ben said, yeah, I'll go. Because he's quite interested in history. And so off we go around Flabrick Cemetery. We get, the tour is at 11 o'clock. We're there at 22. And uh, Ben reminded me on, this, on Saturday morning, yesterday morning that, that we're going around this, this, um, this Flaybrick Cemetery. And he said, I'm quite excited, Dad. Because I'd shown him videos on YouTube of, of everything. Anyway, we, we go there and and, uh, and we're waiting for the tour. And, and, uh, and off we go. We pay our two pound and we're away. And uh, it wasn't too long before it got a little bit boring for, for Ben. Because the average age... There was 80 people there. But, but the average age was probably 65, 70. And then there was our Ben. I think there was a dog younger than him. But um, but, but then was our Ben. And uh, anyway, it wasn't until last night... but, but um, it wasn't until last night that I got, I got... I was sitting there with a cup of tea and I thought... That probably wasn't me best or finest dad and lads hour. You know, it's a um, poor fella. Uh, and I thought... If you'd have gone to school, thankfully they're off for school today uh, these days. But but if you'd have gone to school, and, and what do you do a weekend? Where, well, well, you know, and this lad he went went to Alton Park, and, and that lad he, he went to the baths, and that one went to the beach. And, and what did you do, Ben? <laughs> I went for a tour around the graveyard when we done. And I, I thought it was, it was as I say, I didn't get it till the night time. I mean, they even said while I was there, they said um, there's a tour in September it's on September the 28th. And he said, um, that's to do with the 81 different species of trees that are in the graveyard. Uh, he said, um, that, that, the real nerds turn up for that one. I'm, I'm at the back thinking, put me down, put me down, put me down. <laughs> <laughs> it's £2, pound, it's great. But what I noticed was that the trees there, they're amazing. There is 81 different, <laughs> I'm going to get nerdy now, but there were 81 different uh, species of trees and they were lush. The leaves were amazing and they were all in full bloom. It was lovely. Um, and, and I thought, wow, you know, because I was contemplating this, this uh, verse uh, and I was thinking, yeah, yeah, all that th- the, the leaves on those trees are, are lovely. God's children are evergreens, if you like. But, but you know, we've got to watch it. We've got to watch ourselves because we've got to watch that our leaves don't wither. Yeah. yeah? Um, because especially we come to the autumn of our lives uh, <laughs> and the winter. But, but, but no, as we go right through the seasons, we've got to watch that our, tree, our leaves don't wither because it, it is easy. Um, to, to, to To see those um, what was once beautiful, a beautiful Christian, uh, all of a sudden the, the leaves start to wither and uh, they start to grumble a bit and uh, and uh, and so um I'm not, uh, i 'm not i won 't make a wife joke, um, but they start to grumble a bit and and uh, and uh, and so and, but but you know um this bitterness creeps in, and oh, I don't like the way they do that in church, you know. And and they serve the coffee with no 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 sauces these days, and you know blah 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 blah, blah. And so the grumbling goes on, and so we've got really got to watch ourselves that, that our leaves don't wither, haven't we? Uh, and so the way to do that is, to, and, and if you find things difficult, and, and things are getting on top of you, that, that we need to be delighting in God's word and and to be meditating in it day and night. Get back to the cross. Get back to God's word. Um, and so. Uh, our leaves will not um, wither. Now this is a difficult one, isn't it? Um, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Prosperity gospel. Um, whatsoever she doeth shall prosper. It's a soul prosperity, isn't it? Uh, that's what the Christian desires. Forget the world, forget the riches, forget everything. Uh, this is what we desire. Uh, 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 it's often our worst things that, that, that really are our best things. And, and, and the worst situations our our good situations and so we need to prosper in all seasons of life in all situations of life and the only way that we're going to do that is to shun the advice of the world the way of the world the seat of the world and to take up what christ has to offer to us and the fullness that christ has to offer to to us in meditating upon the word of god and and, and glory and, and um, desiring the word of God, God, uh, and then we move on to verse four. But it's not, and there's a great contrast there, isn't there? Uh, here we've we've seen the tree planted by the rivers of water, um, bringing forth its fruit in its season; its leaves not withering, and whatever they do shall prosper spiritually. Then we have not so the wicked. Not so the wicked. They're like the chaff. They're like the chaff that the wind drives away. Chaff. Great contrast. The chaff is dead. Chaff is worthless. Chaff is easy, easily blown away, isn't it? But that's what the Bible tells us that, that the wicked are like. The ungodly. They're like the chaff. Great contrast with, with, with the life. The and vibrancy, and fruit, and, and, and worth. We have worthlessness of the chaff. And they'll be blown away, sadly, into the fires of hell where they'll spend eternity. Because what does the next verse tell us? There's a judgment in verse 5. There's a judgment to come, folks. Um, verse 5 says, Therefore the wicked shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. And if anybody's going to stand in the judgment, it's not because we're righteous, but because we know the righteous one. We've taken on his righteousness, and he's taken upon himself all of our sin, and all of our failures, all the the rubbish all that we wear is laid upon him and all of his righteousness is laid upon him so as as we and we're all going to go there aren't we we're all going to pass through death and we're going to go to the judgment and as we stand before God there's only one way we're going to stand and that's in the goodness and the righteousness of Christ and the goodness and uh, what he did for us on, uh, on the cross at Calvary and so We can't be under any illusion that there's something I can do or there's some some way I can obtain it by my own goodness. But we totally rely upon what Christ has done for us. But what a perilous place to be in if you're not in Christ. It's an eternity. Oh, for the Christian. It's an eternity of this stuff. And we'll see it clearly then. Yeah? The blessednesses. The blessednesses of eternity with Christ. But the horror. The terror. Of of, uh, an eternity without Christ. The suffering. The pain. The flames. The worm that never dies. For the chaff. It's an awful thought. And I hope there's nobody here today. That is in that condition. And if if you are concerned about your soul. If you are concerned that, that one day you're going you're gonna to face God and you're not ready to face God, then, then please come and have a word with, with myself uh, at the end of the meeting. And uh, I'd be happy to chat with you uh, about these things uh, because we can know for sure that we are going to, to, to heaven. We can know for sure that we are loved of God, God and our sins are forgiven. Um, how? Very famous verse in the Bible, and we'll all know it, we could probably all say it. Um, for God so loved the world, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth on Him shall not perish like the chaff, but have everlasting life. Amazing, and it's there on offer for us today. It will only take God at His Word, and we'll enter into that blessedness. That is a way of happiness. Oh, there's a way that seemeth right unto man, but the end thereof is destruction. But there's a way back to God through the from the dark paths of sin. There's a door that is open that you might go in, but it's as Calvary's cross is where we begin, and we come as a sinner to Jesus. And let's sing His praises now as we join together in our last hymn.